What would you do if your child told you they could remember a life before this? On this episode, we share some stories that seem to transcend time and place and possibly reveal a fresh version of an ages-old belief. Welcome to the Modern Life and Spirit Podcast, where we explore spiritual topics relevant to today's world. Your hosts, certified psychic medium, Christina Wooten, and Reiki master teacher, Robert Wooten, break down how to work with spirit to create more positive growth in your life. Consider this podcast your go-to spiritual resource for navigating the modern world. Hey there, kindred spirits. Welcome to Modern Life and Spirit Podcast. This is Christina Wooten, Certified Psychic Medium. And I'm here with Robert Wooten, Certified Reiki Master Teacher. Well, hello there. In honor of Mother's Day, I thought it would be really fun to dive into a couple of compelling stories about children who have remembered and recalled various details about their previous lifetimes and what that looks like, how this information was revealed, what happened, and just follow along some of these more compelling stories. Okay, so the first story we have is about a boy named James Leininger, who was born April 10th, 1998 in the San Francisco Bay Area. And not long after, they moved a couple of times and ended up in Lafayette, Louisiana, where James grew up. So when James was about two years old, he started having these really vivid night terrors, waking up in the middle of the night, screaming and crying over and over. His parents, obviously alarmed, would run in to see what was happening, only to see him lying on the bed on his back, flailing and kicking and punching towards the ceiling like he was trapped inside of something and trying to get out. And then they heard him say one time, airplane crash, plane on fire, little man can't get out. When this occurred a few times, the mom, Andrea, asked her son what was going on and what he meant by little man, and who was that? And James said, well, it's me, that James was the one who was trapped, and that he also had a pilot friend named Jack Larson. In addition to those frequent nightmares, little James also had an unusual obsession with different World War II aircraft, and seemed to know a surprising amount of detail about things like the types of propellers they used on the planes and terminology that no toddler would normally be able to comprehend. For instance, once while talking to James about some of his toy aircraft, the mom referred to an object on the bottom of the plane as a bomb, and James corrected her by saying, no, it was actually a drop tank. And another time, he and his parents were watching a documentary on television and the narrator referred to a Japanese airplane as a Zero, which is what most people called them. But James insisted that that particular one was called a Tony, and that's only a name that someone really familiar with Japanese aircraft types would have even known existed. Then, so much of this mystery was seemingly explained when one day, while playing, James said, Mama, before I was born, I was a pilot and my airplane got shot in the engine and crashed in the water, and that's how I died. Then he just went back to playing like he had just told his mother what he had done at recess that day. He continued to give more and greater detail for the next couple of years, where he drew battle scenes and airplanes and generally became obsessed with World War II Pacific battles. As you might imagine, with all of James's battle scene drawings, the time period realistic names that he gave his G.I. Joe dolls, and his detailed memories and horrific nightmares. Both parents were a little more than intrigued by the mystery of their little boy's story. So, to try to make sense of it, the dad, Bruce Leininger, 
started an investigation to try to get to the bottom of all of this. With all of the incredible details about time and place that James had been telling them this whole time, he ultimately came to the conclusion that James Leininger, their little boy, could possibly be the reincarnation of Navy pilot James Houston Jr. In fact, the boy had said that he had also been named James in his previous life and that he had flown off of a ship named the Natoma. And in his research, Bruce, the dad, discovered a World War II aircraft carrier called the USS Natoma Bay. And in one of the flying squadrons, there was in fact a pilot named James Houston who had been killed in action over the Pacific. As the little boy James Leininger grew up, the intense visions and feelings he had had about James Houston Jr. started to fade, which seems to be the usual pattern for these types of occurrences. But he claims that if he tries, he can still remember the plane crash and the traumatic end moments that ended up being the end of his previous life. James's story has become so well known that his parents wrote a book about it called Soul Survivor, the Reincarnation of a World War II Fighter Pilot. And he's been featured in the new Netflix show, Surviving Death. So there are several other amazing stories we have found like this one. One involves a little boy who at four years old went to Scotland for the first time with his parents. And on entering a pub in a tiny remote Scottish town said, Oh, this is my favorite place. Much to the surprise of his parents, since they had never been there before. Then, after they had been there for a short while, the father asked where the bathrooms were, and the little boy took his father by the hand and led him straight to them. But apparently, that wasn't easy to find. The bathrooms were kind of hidden around a corner behind a wall that had been replaced. And then, as they were eating dinner, he told his mom that he used to live nearby and was friends with the owner, Fred. When the parents, placating him, asked one of the bar staff if they knew anyone named Fred, they told him that, oh, sorry, but Fred's been dead well over 10 years now. And there's another one about a little boy born in Seattle that at two years old claimed to be the reincarnation of a beloved Tibetan monk. There's apparently a test just for this type of thing in the Tibetan Buddhist community. And so the boy was given this test and apparently passed all of them and ended up moving to Nepal at five years old to take up studies and become the head of a monastery and be raised by monks. But one of the most incredible recent stories of a child who has shown a lot of evidence for reincarnation involves a little boy named Christian Haupt. He was very young when he became obsessed with baseball, like toddler young. Not only did he insist on wearing his full baseball uniform day and night, he wanted to play the game for hours and hours on end, every day, and was surprisingly good at it considering how young he was. And then at the age of two, as he began to learn to talk, he began sharing detailed information about being a baseball player in a former lifetime in what appeared to be the 1920s and 30s. And all of this could have been dismissed as normal childhood fixation, but the surprising thing was his family has no connection with the sport and in fact didn't even really like baseball. And they couldn't explain where all of this sudden interest had come from in such a young boy. And around this same time, at two years old, he began to share his memories with his mother, memories that appeared to be from a past life. And she says one night at bedtime, Christian told her out of the blue that he had been a tall baseball player. And she said she agreed with him that one day, yeah, he probably would be tall. And he corrected her and said, no, he had been one already. And then he went into great detail about things that she said he could not have possibly known. Like that he would travel by train to games with his teams and they didn't wear batting helmets in those days. And they played by day because the stadium had no lights at night. 
He talked about staying in hotels and being on planes when he was, quote, big, and said he didn't wear seatbelts and he drank a lot of alcohol. That would be surprising if your two-year-old told you that. And after a YouTube video of two-year-old Christian playing baseball went viral, he was picked for a small role in an Adam Sandler film, That's My Boy. And after the shoot, his mom said she took him to a baseball game in Boston, where they saw a large portrait of the legendary baseball player Babe Ruth. She said he became really agitated and said, I don't like him. He was mean to me and was so upset that they had to leave the game early. It was when his mom, Kathy, began to look into baseball history that things got even stranger. She showed Christian a team photo from the Babe Ruth era, and he immediately pointed out Lou Gehrig and indicated that was him. Gehrig, who was born in 1903, played for the New York Yankees from 1923 to 1939 and famously didn't speak to Babe Ruth for over five years over some argument they had had. At age three, he became the youngest person to throw the ceremonial first pitch out before a Dodgers baseball game. A photo of him cranking up the baseball with his left arm, his gloved right hand pointing toward the plate, was honored as the top sports photo of the year in 2012. He was even befriended by Tommy Lasorda, the former Dodgers manager. His current life as a busy preteen where he plays for a traveling youth baseball team has taken precedence over his identification with Lou Gehrig. And he has said those memories have faded somewhat as he's gotten older and become more of this current version of himself. Unlike several stories like this, there seems to be no obvious contradictions in Christian Haupt's story. All of the details he shared when he was barely able to talk have all been astoundingly accurate compelling his mother to question her own beliefs through time and open her mind to bigger possibilities of what she previously may have believed. His mother has said that the message she feels like her son's story conveys is that our souls survive this earthly existence and that love can surpass one lifetime. She says she believes that it is a message of unity that is so needed in the world today. As a psychic medium, one of the things that I think these stories really highlight is our soul family and soul groups and how there's always a thread that is connecting us, whether it's we're reincarnating with someone who we've been with before in another lifetime, or somehow our current life crosses paths with a former in a previous life. And to me, it's always just says so much about the special kind of work that we're doing together as souls how we're continuously growing, evolving, and sharing important moments and milestones together, and how amazing it is for these parents who are allowing these children to just be open to reveal information without, you know, planting it there, just being open for what that child has to say, and really providing them a safe space for them to process these really big and what must be challenging memories to have in some cases. So kudos to them. And I just want to say to everyone who's listening, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of our podcast family. Thank you so much for all the positive energy that you've been sending our way. We just so appreciate all the notes we've gotten and your loving energy. So thank you so much. And so grateful also for those that just recently have left some reviews. May that good energy, that kindness come back to you tenfold. As always, we're grateful. If you have questions or want to reach out or learn more about our services, connect with us at SedonaMedium.com. The Modern Life and Spirit podcast is for informational purposes only. 
The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. The information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see SedonaMedium.com. Thank you.